You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And helping us kick off hour number three is our good friend, Faven Kay from Fox 5 News. And she's on early in the morning, but on Wednesday here in Las Vegas, she was working well into the night as, uh, well, Wednesday was a day that we did not expect uh, when we woke up. At least I know I didn't expect it. And uh, we do sports around here. And so a lot of times we get hot, we get heated, we get angry, we get mad. But at the end of the day, it's just sports that we can go lay down and be all good. Faven's covering the news, and the news is all bad at times, and it was that yesterday. And Faven, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. I wanted to start off and thank you and your station and your staff and your team. You guys did a great job keeping us abreast of everything going on here in Las Vegas yesterday with the shooting at UNLV. And really, we used your updates here on this very show throughout the course of uh, the show. So thank you guys very much for the great coverage. And I know it wasn't an easy day for you guys. No, no, you know, and um, I mean, I'm just, I'm really proud and, and just really honored to work with such a great, great, dedicated team of journalists who, you know, a lot of, a lot of our newsroom are UNLV Rebels, they're alum. Um, a lot of them also were here in Las Vegas six years ago when one October stole 58 lives. So for them to be able to put their feelings aside uh, during, you know, all the chaos and, 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 and get their jobs done. Um, I, I don't know how they did it, and I am just in awe of them. Yeah, and like I said, you guys did a fantastic job. I mean, we used your coverage all day long here on Raider Nation Radio 920 because Thank we just needed to keep updated as well. So uh, as far as you mentioned 1 October, how much, and not that that's a good thing, but how much did that kind of prepare the first responders and the police with being able to handle that situation on Wednesday? And, and I don't want to say minimize it because one life is not, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing to say is, you know, not, not is the minimal or whatever. I guess that's the best way to put it. But how much did that kind of prepare them for a situation like this? Oh, absolutely uh, prepared them. Um, you know, I can't credit not just Metro, but, you know, they work in conjunction with so many of our Southern, law, Southern Nevada law enforcement agencies to routinely hold active shooter drills. They know what to do. They are pros. Um, and, you know, even from the media standpoint, a lot of times when these, you know, scenes are unfolding, it's really, really hard to communicate to the public what's happening because they also are trying to protect and save lives, right? Yeah. Um, so the their ability to not only go in so quickly and contain the threat and make sure that everyone was safe, but also keep everyone informed. I mean, you're giving us credit, but we also want to give, you know, Metro credit because, yeah. my goodness, they are really, really quick with the information that they put out. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I'm just checking your Twitter right now, and you've been sending out some a thread of what's been going on and the university police, how, how good of a job they did to get to the gunmen and the fact that Tony Polito is the, the suspect uh, and the surveillance, how they got him on camera. And uh, there was, I guess he went to the Henderson post office and mailed 22 letters and the, and the, the officers were able to stop all those letters from being delivered to the recipients. I mean, these guys are on their job, Faven. They really are. They dug through 14,000 pieces wow. of mail to get to those 22 letters before 
they made their way out of Henderson. Um, and, and let's be clear, I mean, it's barely been a little, what, over 24 hours yeah. since the tragedy unfolded at UNLV. So I am, I am just shocked. I watched the, you know, the news conference and um, jaw dropped. I mean, the details that they've uncovered, you know, a target list um, at, at the suspect's home. When they got there, first thing they see is an eviction letter taped to his front door. Uh, that lets you know that, you know, this was a man that was down on his luck. Yeah. Uh, unemployed, had recently applied for several teaching jobs at several job at several universities and was turned down by each and every one of them um they found a chair with a bow and arrow taped to it pointing to a document that looks like it's some sort of will and testament so this was something that uh the gunman tony polito carefully planned out and what's even scarier is that he had many more targets so now police are you know they've been in contact with those 22 intended recipients of the letters, I mean, the first one they opened had a white powdery substance. It's now being tested and investigated to try to figure out what was inside those envelopes. Um, they didn't open the other 21. They stopped at that first one. Um, you know, they're also in contact with the people that were on this target list, which also include faculty members that teach at Eastern Carolina University where he taught in the past. Um, so now they're working, you know, with law enforcement there in that city to make sure that those uh, people on that list are safe. So we're just barely, barely getting into how this all started, what was behind the motive uh, of the gunman. Um, at first glance, it sounds like a disgruntled, unemployed professor who just was had it was unsuccessful uh the question is what did these universities see what 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 did they what made them so hesitant to want to hire him so we try not to focus on the suspects during these events because obviously the only thing the first thing that matters are the victims their families right. and you know the trauma that everyone who was there on that campus experienced again many of them that were there we're here living in Las Vegas back on October, on one October. And some of them were even at the music festival. So this is the second time in their lives that they've experienced running from gunshots. It, it's, it's terrifying. It really is. Again, Faye McKay from Fox 5 News is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You know, listening to some of the students speak yesterday, Faye, and I'll be 100% honest, I mean, I was in tears. By the time this show was over, I was in tears listening to a young lady say, I'm standing on the toilet so nobody sees my legs and I hear someone come in the bathroom and I don't know if it's someone there to help me or someone there to hurt me. I mean, that that kind of stuff. I mean, our kids should never after ever have to have that kind of situation. No. And, you know, sadly, these days, you know, we see how these situations unfold. So they have had plenty of previews of how mass shootings end. So rightfully so. She was scared for her life. Yeah. No, she was, as as many others were, and uh, seeing all the parents being reunited with their kids when they got picked up. We had our guy, Vinny Bonsignor, who let us know that about 20 minutes before uh, the gunman started firing shots, his son left that exact room, that exact building. That You know, I mean, just 20 minutes ahead of time. You know, if he had just decided to hesitate and sit there and talk to his friends for a little bit of time, who knows how things could have changed. I mean, 
It's just it's something that we take for granted until we see it and, and happens right in front of our face. And, again, I mean, you're dealing with the news. You guys all there at the news station have to deal with real-life situations all the time. I mean, how, how does that impact you guys? I mean, how does that impact you? I mean, I'm sure a long day, you weren't anticipating that kind of, you know, responsibilities that you would have, but you had to hold it down. Well, yeah, you know, I think for us, um, you know, we have a front seat to the best of humanity and the worst of humanity. And on days like yesterday, days like today, where, you know, we're far from over, right. um, we're alive. You know, yeah. we, we get to go to work. We get to come home and take showers and go to sleep and hug our moms and dads and wives and husbands. So for us, I don't even think we think we're thinking, <laughs> you yeah. know, about ourselves in that moment uh, because we know that, I mean, we're the lucky ones. We're still right. here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, Fame and K is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking about everything that happened here in Las Vegas on Wednesday. And, and one of the biggest problems, Fabian, that we've talked about, we talked about it in great length here on the show yesterday, is that it's almost in society we're numb to these situations. That's the problem. And it becomes political. I'm not a political dude, but it becomes political. We've we got to stop being numb to these situations figure out how to solve it and keep our children safe. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, it is mind-blowing and, and disturbing sometimes, you know, and, and, and I've, I've, we've talked about, you know, some of the comments that I get. And, and for me, when I'm in these breaking news situations and, you know, we're learning that people are losing their lives and people are still, you know, scared for their lives, sheltering in place, and, you know, you have someone that is concerned and wants to comment about the wrong thing, whether, you know, they make it a race issue, a political issue. Mm -hmm. And it's mind-blowing that during a time where, you know, families are scared, they're grieving, uh, there's so many emotions that it, it's hate that ta is taking over. That, that's what's really scary. It really is. And you were talking about the fact that you, uh, you know, you were doing a lot of the social media stuff behind the scenes and gathering information. How do you go through that, navigate through that, collect information, and and, and make sure that it's the right information because we know how social media and all that could be really jumbled up. Well, you know what, too, you know, that, 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 that's what um, the student loans and stuff that I'm paying off, that, that's what that was for, journalism school. You know, I think uh, in this day and age of the Internet, it's really hard to, to, to differentiate, mm -hmm. um, you know, credible news organizations from blogs. Um, right. We, you know, there is a handbook on how you do this. And, I mean, we go, there's ethics in journalism. And, you know, we had so many people that were upset because we weren't airing uh, the suspect's name right. at a certain point. Or we didn't want to air his face until a certain. But we have to do our due diligence. Right. Uh, you know, um, we like how you say that what, you watch this all day long because you trust that the information that we're giving you is accurate. We're not. We're in no hurry to be first. We want to be right. Yep. So for us, it's like okay. We knew his name. We knew what he looked like. We knew his entire life yesterday at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what what does it serve us to, to to focus on him when yesterday the focus was? I mean, you had students who couldn't get home. They couldn't go back to their dorms. There still were cars parked out there. It was still a very active scene. So. I'm sorry that our priority is not airing the face of a coward and a killer. Right. Not a priority. Exactly right. A very integral part, obviously, you know, these families, they're gonna, they want answers, right? Every mm -hmm. single one. They want to know why he did what he did. So 
we are going to make sure that we do, you know, our due diligence and our jobs, and that is a big part of this story. But I think the most important part are the, the, the innocent lives that were impacted. Exactly. And I'll tell you, again, it's on a much lighter side because we're just doing sports, but I say the same thing, Fave, and I'm like, I don't need to be first. I just need to be accurate. I just need right. to be correct, right? But there's so right. many times that that is kind of forgot about. Like, who cares about accuracy? Just throw something out there. Listen, uh, there are, um, now I'm not going to say a million, but there are hundreds and hundreds of, you know, uh, some are, some are self-proclaimed uh, 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 sports reporters uh, right. that, you know, have a great following. And you can tell that they're committed to, you know, let's just say the Raiders, and they, they don't miss a beat, right? But... They're not who I'm going to check out when I hear that there's something happening with the Raiders, with one of the players. There are about three of you that I know that I can come to on your social media or shoot you guys an email to, hey, have you heard this? I tr- because I trust you. Right. I trust you. So, you know, that, it, that, that fizzles out quickly. And at the end of the day, our newsroom is packed with mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, daughters, sons, brothers, and sisters. Uh, we are humans, <laughs> so yeah. we know that people at home are watching our coverage because they want to know what's happening. I don't think they need to know every detail of a killer's life in the no. first 24 hours. We'll get to that, but right, right now they want to know that their loved one is safe. Exactly. And, 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 and for the students that don't have anywhere to go, what do they do next? So, you know, as long as we focus on that, we, we don't. We, we, let, we, let the, we let the trolls troll, Q. We let the trolls troll. <laughs> And they troll. Believe me, they troll. As you very well know, uh, we, we know how that goes. They get their troll on. But, you know, for you guys, I mean, it didn't matter if it was someone in the sports department. It didn't matter what department they were in. It was all hands on deck yesterday, and I really could appreciate that. Again, we went in from sports to Fox 5. Sports, Fox 5. Like, we were in and out all day long for the whole three hours of the show uh, with you guys' coverage and, and hearing from parents and students and, you know, Metro, the sheriff, and and, you know, reading tweets from you and the rest of you. I mean, you guys did, like I said, you guys did an incredible job and really helped us uh, tell the story and share the messages as well. So, um, you know, you guys got to tip your cap to, to yourselves. But you've been here long enough to know about the city and know about what they're uh, uh, made of. And it's Vegas strong and it's UNLV strong. Uh, how, how, how long does it take for this, you know, kind of, I don't want to say blow over because it's not going to blow over. It's lives are lost. But, I mean, just the healing process in this situation. Well, you know, um, even at this afternoon's news conference, you know, the sheriff made it clear there are still people that haven't healed from one October. Right. Um, you know, we, I, I, I try not to uh, guess, you know, how long it takes for someone to get over their trauma. I think some traumas are lifelong. So, I, you know, I, I, it's something that always, always um, lives inside of the city. Mm-hmm. Um it's, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, I think when the world thinks of Las Vegas, right? I mean, and I'll be honest, I was right here next door in California um, my yeah. whole life before I moved here five years ago. And the Vegas that I knew before I moved here was fun. You know, we're going to go and have a great time. And it's the entertainment capital of the world. And when I moved here, I learned that, wow, you know, this is a tight-knit community just like my hometown, um, right. you know. So whether you're in Henderson, Summerland, down on the Strip in Vegas, downtown, Boulder City, there are so many families that are impacted. 
And on days like yesterday, you see that. You see that, you know, yeah, we like to have fun, but we're also one big family here in Las Vegas. Um, you know, I, 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 I think I told you the story. When I first got to Las Vegas, everywhere I looked, there was Golden Knights everywhere, everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere, everywhere. I could not understand for the life of me. I had never been in a city that the hockey team got so much love, right? Of yep. course, first professional sports team. But, you know, BGK was born literally within days after 1 October. And the way that the team helped rally the city and, and, and just give them something to smile about when there was absolutely nothing to smile about, that is why – Everywhere I went, everyone was, was, was sporting VGK gear, the cars, the flags, the sweaters. Um, so, you know, I think that is where Vegas sports was, the love was born. Um, that's, and so as we move forward, yeah, we want to get back to our fun sports town. Um, but we also have, you know, Jonathan Marcheseau, his speech last night, um, was, brought me to tears because right. he's, really one of the only original misfits left on the team that was here during the 1 October tragedy. So he knows what the city went through and what, they're, what we're all going through right now. So um, sports is still very much a big part of what's happening right now. Yeah, it really is. And, and we'll get into some conversations about the Raiders at a later time. We'll get into some conversations about LeBron and ownership as, you know, yeah. we've been listening to sound that you sent over, as a matter of fact, uh, about LeBron and him bringing an NBA team here, part of a group to bring an NBA team here. We'll do that at a later time. But I definitely just wanted to check in with you. Like I said, off top, thank you guys for all the coverage. Pass, please pass thank that along you. to your guys' team. You guys did a fantastic job. Thanks so much. Thank you, too. You guys always do, and thank you for having me. Go Raiders. Let's hope that VGK uh, uh, last night set, dedicated the win to Las Vegas, and let's hope that uh, the silver and black do the same come Sunday. Absolutely. I, I, we would have it no other way. I'll make sure to pass that along to them as well. <laughs> Thanks so much, Faven. Appreciate Thanks, guys. you. Absolutely. Bye. There she goes, Faven K right there. Fantastic job again. I can't say it enough, man. That team over there at Fox 5 News did a fantastic job with the coverage yesterday. It really helped us uh, paint the picture and pass along the information that we needed to pass along so you knew what was going on, so the community knew what's going on. And, uh, I mean, when real life happens, man, we got to spring into action and, and do exactly what we did and what they did. And I, I can't thank them enough for uh, all hands on deck and, and, and how they provided coverage well into the night. Right, we got off the air at 5. I promise you, I was on ESPN National last night around 8.30, 9 o'clock, and it was still going. Coverage was still going. They were around the clock, so uh, didn't worry about breaks, didn't worry about having to get a nap in or take a shower, any of that good stuff. They're like, nope, we're, we're on this, and we're on it, and we're going to cover it like a glove, and they did. Many thanks to Faven K from Fox 5 News. 419 is the time. We'll take a quick break here on Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. 
I want to address the quarterback position. Uh, we will be starting Josh Dobbs uh, in the football game on Sunday. We've been in a process of uh, trying to provide him with clarity on what we're doing offensively. And then, you know, we're learning a lot about each other as we go. That's why I love having him here, his work ethic, spending a lot of time with him, um, getting to know him. We're very confident in him. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell talking about Josh Dobbs getting back into the mix, and he will be the starting quarterback on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium versus the Raiders. Many thanks to Faven K from Fox 5 News who joined us in the last segment talking about everything that was going on here in Vegas on Wednesday. And we didn't get to get into any basketball conversation with her. Wanted to do that and uh, hear from LeBron James what he had to say about the NBA and his ownership. I also, real quickly, and I know that Ari's got to do, you got to do and juggle a lot right now, Ari. I know Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings is going to join us in a few minutes here to give us another update on the Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk about Josh Dobbs with him as well. But uh, I want to Look for call number nine real quick. Uh, there's going to be a live recording of the Hoop Collective podcast featuring Brian Windhorst, Tim Bontemps, Tim McMahon. I actually saw Tim McMahon earlier today um, at the Jimmy Kimmel uh, Comedy Club going down tomorrow starting at 7 p.m. Doors will open at 6.30. I got a four-pack of tickets. I just was actually handed these tickets not too long ago. I got a four-pack of tickets I'll give out right now for anyone who's in town, uh, anyone who's coming to town that wants to go to the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club uh, right there on the Strip tomorrow at 7 p.m for a live recording of the Hoop Collective podcast. Uh, Brian Windhorst, Tim Bontemps, Tim McMahon's going to be there. They're going to have a meet and greet with the talent as well. Matter of fact, Brian Windhorst was on the morning tailgate this morning with uh, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, and Lindsey Brown. They gave out some tickets there as well. So uh, we'll go ahead and give out a four-pack of tickets to that right now. Uh, hit us up at 702-365-9200, and Ari will get to you as soon as – and you got you got Luke already? Okay, we got the thumbs up. We got Luke Braun a couple minutes early from Locked On Vikings, and that's all good. Luke, thanks so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you, and just had an opportunity to catch up with you when it came to the crossover edition on the Locked On Podcast Network. Did that uh, uh, earlier today. Definitely appreciate that. But both teams, the Raiders and the Vikings, coming off their bye week, man. How much did the Vikings need that bye week? Oh, my goodness, did they need this bye. I mean, you guys know that late bye is so devastating. Guys just get banged up, bumped and bruised. Uh, they had a whole bunch of people that were unavailable for the last couple games. Vikings on a two-game losing streak right now. And even guys that were there, like TJ Hawkinson, was on a snap count playing through a rib injury, didn't have a Caleb Evans, their starting corner. Of course, they get Justin Jefferson back. And it gave them a week to kind of reassess where their offense was at. You know, post-Kirk Cousins, they were sort of flying by the seat of their pants. They got a minute to kind of back off, watch a little tape together, get Josh Dobbs' head right, consider benching him, ended up going going against that, and they're going to keep Josh Dobbs. But uh, just a, a minute to regroup mentally may be as important as regrouping physically. You mentioned getting Justin Jefferson back into the mix. Of course, he hasn't played with Josh Dobbs yet, but how much do you think that that will help Josh Dobbs having that dynamic guy in Justin Jefferson, especially when it comes to uh, eliminating his turnovers that he's been having? Yeah, the problem, one of the major problems the Vikings have had is just the playmakers not doing enough. One of the most, if not the most, prolific tight end in the league right now. But he's still just a tight end, right? And Jordan Addison, up and down. Had some games where he carried the whole squad, had some games where he disappeared. And after that, you got K.J. Osborne, Brandon Powell, these guys that are not going to win or lose the game for you on their own, right? So getting that influx of a guy that you can just rely on, you can just say, man, this thing isn't going right. I don't like this read. 
Justin Jefferson's on a go route. I'm just going to lay that thing out there and see what happens. And you can get explosives off of that. That is such a huge outlet. Not to mention, there is nothing that Justin Jefferson can't do. If you want him to be an underneath, you know, give him a bubble screen and see if he can't make something happen after the catch, he can be your go-to guy for that. If you want him to run slants and quick stuff, he can be that guy. If you need him to run precise routes over the middle, that was what was so good for Kirk Cousins, he can do that. And yeah, he can also be a big deep threat, you know, home run hitter, and that's the way the Vikings have preferred to use him. So that's the way to get the most yards, right? So whatever Josh Dobbs needs, he can get from Justin Jefferson. What has been the whole, I guess, your overall feelings on Josh Dobbs? I mean, being a guy that went from, you know, Cleveland to Arizona, now in Minnesota, and, you know, got thrown into action when they needed him and did well, but just kind of his whole body of work since he's been in Minnesota. What have you thought about him? I mean, considering the circumstances, I don't know how much more you can ask, right? Coming in in that Atlanta game, four days of the scheme, having plays explained to him in the huddle and actually leading the team to a win in that is this legacy moment, probably going to be the coolest <laughs> thing he ever does. Um, and then just the next week, he had a fantastic game. He's fallen off a little bit. I think as teams have gotten tape on him, they've realized that if you contain in the C-gap, that means if you're outside of the tackle and, and your edge rushers are disciplined in doing that, his response to pressure is going to be to run backwards. And that's very good for the defense <laughs> when the quarterback <laughs> starts running backwards. Um, so look, there's a reason this dude isn't a starter, but considering the circumstances, he's done everything we could ask for. And now the next question that o- over the next five games is going to be, can he do enough to earn a little bit of money in the off season, whether it's from the Vikings or otherwise. But what's interesting about this whole decision to is the Vikings don't have to live like this in uh, w- with a guy that's still, you know, catching up and still getting his chemistry down with, with receivers, a guy that'll be throwing to Justin Jefferson for the first time and wasn't in the building for the first nine game plans of the year. Um, we, we didn't have him, and he, therefore he's not um, familiar enough with those game plans. You can't pull on that, you know, on, hey, we did this week three, let's you know, bust it out for the Raiders. You can't pull on that right. with Josh Dobbs. They do have two guys in the building that that doesn't apply to, but they decided to go against it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Again, we're speaking with Luke Braun, host of Locked On Vikings here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking about this upcoming game, Week 14 action, the Vikings at Allegiant Stadium taking on the Raiders. As far as the season's gone for Minnesota, Luke, let's take it back real quick. To me, from the outside looking in, it feels like what a roller coaster of affairs. Lost some early games, uh, close games, you know, a bunch of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, then start look like they start to right the ship. Then injuries, Jefferson goes down, Cousins goes down. But yet, and you look at it right now, they're 6-6 six and six and they're still in the thick of things. What has this been like, this season been like for Vikings and Vikings fans? Boy, it's been the last three seasons. They have played more one-score games than not. And, I mean, last year, you know, what everybody talks about, they played 11 games that ended up within a score um, and won all 11 of those, then lost one in the playoffs. And it was the same thing in 2021. It's the same thing, thing this year. I told you when we talked yesterday, this is a team I have seen – go down three scores, come back, win the game. I've seen them go down 33 points and come back. I've seen them lead by three scores and blow the lead and lose the game. Just what they do, and there's a lot of reasons for that. They are an explosive offense, which makes them good for comebacks. They're uh, an aggressive offense that makes them good at blowing leads, right? Because you can have a, an untimely interception. The run game is pretty lackluster, which also make, makes you really good at blowing leads because you can't really slow the game down, control the clock when you need to. So they're just built for every game to be a game down to the end, always. 
So I, I, I would say that the only prediction I feel comfortable making is that this one is going to be down to the wire. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what. The Raiders are used to playing games uh, down to the wire. They'll start out strong, then they'll have a couple quarters that are lackluster, then all of a sudden they'll try to fight back in the fourth quarter and try to win it at the end. Again, Luke Braun is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Uh, looking at the defensive side of things, man, uh, Coach Flores comes in after uh, the Vikings defense was a big Achilles heel a year ago. What has he done to change the game and kind of make this Vikings defense uh, different than other defenses across the league? Yeah, I have a uh, big, long video that I did. I'll, I'll plug my own uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash NFL, where I did a um, like an hour and a half look at the Brian Flores wow. defense, and it is a brand new defense. It is not like anything you've ever seen. It takes a lot of the Brian or the Bill Belichick concepts that uh, you know he takes from when he was a Patriots coach for so long, and um, added a lot of stuff from the University of Pittsburgh of all places. Pat Narduzzi, uh, when when Brian Flores took a year in uh, Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin's defense, he they shared a field with Pat Narduzzi and Pitt, and he fell in love with some of those concepts and coverage in the back end and uh, incorporated some of those. So what that allows is for the Vikings to play a safer zone coverage behind blitzes. And, and what that means is they can get away with blitzing more often. So they are going to send the house to all of the time. The Vikings lead the league in six or more man rushes. They lead the league in five or more man rushes. And they lead the league in three man rushes too, because sometimes they want to go max coverage, max pressure or max coverage. So you're never comfortable. You're never going up against coverages that you've seen before. This is going to be like nothing anybody on the Raiders has seen before. Not Devontae Adams, certainly not Aiden O'Connell, and you're not going to see it again for the for the rest of the year too. Um, that is part of the challenge, just unfamiliarity, but also they're just constantly trying to stress you out by sending extra people, forcing you to get to your quick reads. If you do, it's you know a, a check down for a three-yard gain. If you don't, it's a sack. It has been since week four a top five defense. When you look at that defense and what the, it's able to do and its capabilities, what would you say would be the weakness? Is there an area that, okay, if the Raiders are going to do something and have some, some success, it's because they're able to exploit what? Yeah, so if you're blitzing a lot, there's going to be holes on the back end, right? And, and whenever you watch Brian Flores, whether you want to go back to Miami, New England, or here, there's open receivers running all over the field all the time. And it's a matter of getting to those. So either you got to be able to buy time um, or you've got to be able to execute really difficult quarterbacking and nuanced quarterbacking really fast. One guy that really got the Vikings goat on this was Justin Herbert back in week three. Now, mm. they had still some tweaks to make and they kind of did a re-edit in week four and, and changed the way that they were doing things. So it wasn't a, a perfect allegory, but it's um, what he was able to do was manipulate defenders with his eyes and then flip his feet and flip his hips and deliver an accurate ball all under two and a half seconds. That's really, 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 really hard to do. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes could not do that. And, and, and Mahomes had one of the worst, the, the lesser games of his season against the Vikings. Like that was, it was an incredibly impressive game from Herbert, but that's the kind of thing you have to do. But it, regardless of how you want to do it, right? If you want to be a guy that breaks out of the pocket and runs around and scrambles, or if you want to be a guy that just, dumps things off quickly, and um, if, if the Raiders can break tackles, I don't know who your best guy at breaking a tackle is, get that guy the ball a whole bunch and see if he can't break a tackle, there's going to be a lot of completions 
right? If, if you're blitzing a lot, you're getting the ball out quick, you complete 85% of your passes, but you need to make a guy miss for those passes to get enough yards. So right. find the holes in the defense, get the ball out, break a couple tackles. I think that is the way to move the ball. Miss, Mike. So it sounds like it may be a game where maybe Josh Jacobs could catch some passes out of the backfield and have some success. And, you know, with that being said, what does the run defense look like? Uh, is, are they good at slowing down the, the run game? It's been fantastic in the run game. Part of the Brian Flores defense is getting six men on the line of scrimmage. Right now, the in-fashion thing to do is five men on the line of scrimmage. It's very Vic Fangio, uh, you know, very, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh, 49ers or 2018 yeah. Bears. And what that does is, I mean, everybody runs zone run right now, right? And zone run is predicated on double teams on the interior. Those big boys in the middle, we want two guys on them, right? When you put more guys on the line of scrimmage, it forces every lineman to account for one. You got five guys on the line of scrimmage, five offensive linemen. We got to put a hat on a hat, right? So we don't get the luxury of double teaming as much as we want. That's been the philosophy. If teams are going to bring in fullbacks or tight ends to try to get those numbers back into the offensive favor, then the Vikings are going to bring another guy down into the line of scrimmage. So six guys stretched out on the line of scrimmage means everybody's one-on-one and it's really hard to find some holes. Um, so it, it's not so much about Josh Jacobs in this particular situation. It's going to be about, you know, how do a guard hold up against, mm. uh, Harrison Phillips or how does your, you know, your right tackle hold up against Daniel Hunter when he's trying to set the edge, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and will there be those holes, but it breaks up a lot of the double teams and forces these linemen to win one-on-one in a way that they haven't really been able to for, you know, 15 years in the NFL. Luke Braun again, host of Lockdown Vikings with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So final question for you, Luke, and this has been great. Thanks so much for your time. For Minnesota to oh, come yeah. to Allegiant Stadium and win this game, what has to happen? Biggest thing is got to be turnovers. If you want an avenue for the Raiders to win, it's turnovers. The Vikings have been dreadful yeah. in the turnover battle, and the reason they are 6-6 six and six is turnovers. You look at each one of their six losses, all of them close games, all of them catastrophes in the turnover battle. We're talking 4-1 to one in turnovers, you know, 3-1. to one. Um, They have had, I think, uh, off the dome five games where they have fumbled on their opening possession or thrown or, or turned the ball over on their opening possession. Wow. Uh, and then they just dig themselves into that hole. So if the Vikings can be safe and take care of the ball, and you know, be precious, right? The Rock is the franchise. <laughs> uh, then you'll have a, a much tougher time getting to the Vikings. They've just given other teams so many opportunities to beat them by shooting themselves in the foot. So if they can keep a handle on the ball, it's, it's going to be tough. There it is. Well, there you go. Great week 14 uh, preview right there. Little Vikings Raiders action at Allegiant Stadium coming up on Sunday. Luke, fantastic stuff, man. What do you got coming out on the show that Raider fans can go look at and, and check out and maybe get a little bit more intel on the Vikings? Sure. Well, you can find Lockdown Vikings. You can find your boy Q on there on uh, <laughs> this Thursday episode. But you can uh, tomorrow, Fridays on Lockdown Vikings are really fun. We take listener-submitted bold predictions. They are always way more out there than you could ever imagine. <laughs> and uh, also a little bit of prize picks. There you go. I'm not mad at that at all. Well, Luke, thanks so much, man. Fantastic stuff. Appreciate your time, uh, not over, only on the crossover edition, but also here on the radio this afternoon here on Unnecessary Roughness. Appreciate you, my man. Always a good time, man. There he goes. It's my guy, Luke Braun, host of Locked On Vikings, giving us a little Raiders-Vikings preview. At least let us know a little bit more about the Vikings as the Raiders prepare Week 14 action at Allegiant Stadium. Coming up next, the moment you've all been waiting for. (laughs) 
Week 14 NFL picks. I'll tell you mine. Ari will tell you his. They'll most likely be a lot like mine. And we'll see if we can do better than we did last week. That's coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And welcome back into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got to give a big shout-out to my guy Luke Braun. Joined us from Locked On Vikings, talking all things Vikings Raiders Week 14 action Allegiant Stadium. Looking forward to that one as the silver and black get back to action. But it is Week 14. Thursday night football is what kicks things off. So uh, that means it's time for myself and Ari to go ahead and get into our Week 14 picks. Are you ready? I'm always ready. All right, let's go. All right, you feeling froggy? Let's leave. Oh, yeah, I'm great at this, as you know. Yeah, clearly we <laughs> neither one of us is. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Give us some music, man. Give us some music, Maestro. You got it? Boom. All and, right. Uh, yeah, no complaining about the music this week. This is uh, NFL Films Official. All right, all right, man. I'll let you get a slide this <laughs> we don't time. don't want to get sued. Last week, I was 7-6. and six. I was terrible. What were you? Dude, I did it again. I was seven and six, and okay. I had you as eight and five. I don't know what's going on. Your math is terrible. Hey, Your math I'm, don't math. I guess I just feel bad for Q, and I'm just trying <laughs> to give him the extra dub. I try, bro. I you try. know what? I'll take it. You're right. I was eight and five. <laughs> wink, wink. Shout out to the guy who said I can't pick my nose. I pick so no, well. That's Ari's even giving me games that he doesn't want to win. You so know. there you go. I'll take it. Yeah, All right. So whatever. That'll be a tiebreaker down the line. I don't there you mean, go. I lost track. Oh, I did too. I, hey, I live in a week by week. We're world. all winners here. No, here no, on no, us. no. I'm the winner. I'm the winner. Speaking of big winners, woo! Prime time. New England versus Pittsburgh coming up. <laughs> Boy, this one. What's the under? Or the, burner. The over-under is like, what, 30 I points? I think the, the total's 30 on this that one. That sounds high to me. <laughs> I mean, man, Pittsburgh's six-and-a-half-point favorites. I got to go with the Steelers. If they can't beat the Patriots who don't want to win, Come on. And now I'll say this. The Chargers only won 6 to nothing against the Patriots last week. Isn't yeah. that wild? It is wild. There's been some wild low scores, and that's why I'm just th- – this could be one of those weird games where we might not even hit double digits on, on – There might not. There's actually – there's an actual uh, – a really good bet out there on if there's even a touchdown scored in this game. <laughs> yeah. I would take that bet. <laughs> I think it's like 14-1 to 1 odds. I heard my guy uh, Joel Fortenball from uh, ESPN talking about it earlier today on uh, Carlin vs. Joe, and he was like, that's actually a 14-1 to 1 bet. It's a good bet. you got to jump all over that. But I'm rolling with Pittsburgh in this one. We're not putting no money on it. I got Pittsburgh winning it, and I'm sure you do the same. I do because, you know, I ride your coattails. I know you do. We're moving right along. <laughs> Just had a great convo about the, the Sunday game here, Tampa Bay against the Falcons uh, with Danny, our own very own degenerate Danny, as you like to call him. Yep. Uh, Falcons are up uh, favored one and a half points. I am going to take Tampa Bay. Uh, it was a weird conversation. He brought up all kinds of stuff, but uh, including the uh, the total. I keep going back and forth with this one. I mean, I do with all season long with Atlanta, with Tampa Bay, with New Orleans. Yes. I don't know any of those teams. Like, those teams are the biggest mystery ever. Uh, Atlanta's at home. I would think that they win. But then against Atlanta, and I don't know what to expect from them. So I'm, I'm going to do like you. I'm going to ride your coattails <laughs> on this one. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, and I'm probably going to regret it later. But give me the Buccaneers or give me death. No, don't do that because I'll, no, no. I'll be dying on that hill. No, no. Well, then, All go right. Bucks. Go Bucks. Yeah, there All you go. Right. The Lions in Chicago. Lions are only three and a half favorites. I That's was surprised by that. I was really surprised that they're only three and a half with your uh, interesting comment right there. But no, I'm only surprised that they're three and a half point favorites. But yeah, I'll roll with the Lions in this one. Same. All right. There you go. Yep. We're batting a thousand here. What do we got next? <laughs> Indianapolis in Cincinnati against the uh, Bengals with Jake Browning. And the Bengals are a, point, a half a point favorites. 
I'm going with Cincinnati. It's so funny on uh, game night on ESPN Radio on uh, Wednesday night. I said, hey, I'm going to go with Jake Browner. Uh, I think that the Cincinnati Bengals can win with Browner. And they're like, well, they're not going to win with Browner because Browner's not a quarterback. It's Jake Browning. And I was like, oh, that's right. But then I found out that the Bengals, they don't even know his name. Like half of them call him Jake Brown or John Brown. So there you go. But I'm going to roll with him anyway. Uh-oh, we could have another A-chain situation here. A guy might right. go for 400, 500 yards or something then. Right. Uh, by the way, when you said Browner just now for mm-hmm. the audience, I was like, oh, crap. I said Browning. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you weren't. So, I know. I said it on the radio wrong. I know. I'm just laughing because that's that's sometimes where my confidence is with that stuff. So. There you go. So, yeah, I'm rolling with Cincinnati in this one. I just uh, – Indianapolis, there, it's been a good story. Gardner Minshew's done well. I mean, sitting there at 7-5, and five, they're in the thick of things when it comes to the AFC South. But I think Cincinnati found something the last game, and uh, Cincinnati still has all those weapons at Jamar Chase and company. So I, I like what they got going on. I like the Colts. I like what they've been okay. doing, and I, I got them here. So, all right, so good. there you go. That good, might, that good. Be, Take your Colts having self on to the other <laughs> side of the house. That might be our uh, deciding <laughs> game there. There you go. Uh, Jacksonville in Cleveland. Cleveland three-and-a-half-point favorites. That's because no one knows if Trevor Lawrence is going to be playing or not. Yeah. I'm rolling with, with Cleveland in this one as well. Uh, I just don't think you come back from a high ankle sprain that quickly. I know Trevor Lawrence is saying all the right things, but uh, I got the Browns and Miles Garrett. I think that defense will do enough. Plus, Joe Flacco, uh, the veteran, will probably be the starting quarterback, and then they'll have a, a little package for DTR to get in the mix as well. So I think that's too much for Jacksonville. I got Cleveland. Yeah, um, I'm taking Cleveland. I think both teams are kind of mysterious t- to me, meaning like Cleveland's been kind of up and down. But, yeah, without Trevor Lawrence, if that's the case. And uh, Jacksonville's always been kind of a weird t- number one team or, or whatever they are. What's your best C.J. Beathard story? Uh, you mentioned him on the, on the radio the other day <laughs> on the show, and I looked at you like a deer in headlights. That's exactly. my best story. That's why I'm rolling with Cleveland, because All if right. C.J. Beathard is starting, I think the Browns get the dub. All right. That's simple. I like it. Uh, on to Carolina in New Orleans. Yuck. Those pesky Saints, but yeah. What a terrible game. The Saints Agreed. hate Derek Carr, by the way. They, they, his teammates don't like him. Yeah, the, the, the community doesn't like him. The fans don't like him. And, and I feel bad for him. I really do. He's uh, obviously all banged up. He's been banged up all year long, man. I mean, just I, I really feel bad for the dude that he's in that position. Everyone thought he was like the guy uh, when they got there. And then all of a sudden they quickly, quickly turned on him. So I got the Saints in this one. Uh, Jameis Winston, I've seen him rolling around, uh, hmm. hanging out in New Orleans at different games and stuff. And so uh, they're treating him like the prince. Really don't know why they didn't roll with him to begin with, to be honest. But I'll go with the Saints. Same. Uh, and I don't know if Taysom Hill is going to play, but uh, he's a little option as a backup quarterback on a couple plays, Oh, yeah, too. he's that guy. He's he is that guy. that guy. I may or may not have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> Moving right. <laughs> I just do that to get to get yep. you mad. Got me shaking fantasy. my head. That's Boo. right. Boo. Boom. All uh, right, on to uh, the, those Jets. Uh, the Houston. Jets. They Houston brought back Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah. Nice. So what say you then? Is that enough to sway you? The Houston's three-and-a-half favorites in no, New York. No, not at all. Not at Smart all. I think C.J. Stroud and company are going to get it done. Uh, I love how the Jets have said, Zach Wilson, you're the problem. Sit down. Tim Boyle, you're in. All right, Tim Boyle, you stink. We're going to cut you. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to bring you back, Zach Wilson. You are now the second coming of uh, Jesus, so let's return <laughs> and see what you could do. Yeah, but I still got the Texans, it's no doubt. a dysfunctional uh, thing going on. They're just waiting for the season then. They're like, please get yeah, me out of this season. Just, yeah, just close my eyes and mm-hmm. wait till I exactly. get it. I get it. Uh, the Rams are in Baltimore. Another good convo I have with Danny talking about the weather is going to be awful, so don't expect a lot of passing yards. <laughs> All right, so that means Lamar Jackson <laughs> runs crazy, so I know Baltimore's seven-and-a-half-point favorite, so if yep. you're betting – you might want to take the Rams on this one, but I'm not, so I'm going to go with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm also taking the Ravens. It's probably a low-scoring game. Yeah, no uh, doubt. 
All right, on to Seattle in San Francisco, coming off that huge win. Ten and a half point favorites. That's Francisco. a lot of points, brother. Yeah, that is a, again, this is another game. If I was betting, I'd go with Seattle. I'd take my my shot with Seattle because ten and a half points is a lot. I know I know San Francisco's riding that momentum, but um, that's a lot of points. But I'm not betting, so I got the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. Uh, yeah, straight up. I think it's going to be a, a pretty rough game for Seattle. There you go. Buffalo is in Kansas City, who is only favored by one and a half. Well, interesting. I was uh, asked the other day by my guy Emmett Golden, is Kansas City an elite team still? And I said they're an elite team that's not playing at an elite level. I think that's the best way to put it. So that's why they're only point and a half favorites. Uh, There's a lot of uh, crying out there right now for Josh Allen and who he is and who he isn't. Uh, I think he's good. I don't think he's elite. I know that that's not the same conversation with a lot in the building. That's okay. I respect everyone's opinion. I got Kansas City in this one, but I do think it's going to be close. And, again, that's why Kansas City is on the point and a half favorites. Uh, I would agree. I know you hate it when I agree totally. Absolutely. But I couldn't have put it better. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Kansas City as well. All right. Denver in L.A. against Chargers. Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. This one we're going to have a difference opinion on. I guarantee it. I actually well, got Denver in this one. Start. Yeah. Oh, I- wow. <laughs> wow. All I <laughs> needed listen. here was all the, the air came out of his sails immediately. <laughs> I said I'll start because I knew I was taking Denver. Listen, okay. I took Denver the uh, the last two weeks, I think. Yeah, I think you did. So And you lost last week. I did. I lost both weeks, actually. Okay. No, because they've won five weeks so in a row until last week. Okay. Well, whatever the case, I'm that's just why your numbers don't. No. That's why your math don't math. <laughs> I'm just yeah, fair. I'm just backing myself up to try to you know let you know like I didn't make the pick. The only reason as I'm going. No, no, I get you. The only reason I'm going with Denver is because I'm a prisoner of what I saw last, and that was the Chargers score six points. Uh, yeah. The, you know what I, I mean? Like that that bothered me that they only scored six points. Brand, and Brandon Staley said that was their best road win of the season. Like, dude, you are the worst head coach in the league. They are a dumpster fire this year. I just don't get it at all. But and I'm with glad. that being said, they got the same record as the Raiders, but they still yeah, but they, they, that that head coach, man, he he needs to, they need to do something. They should have done something with him last year. Yeah. Very different five and sevens if you ask yes, me. Yes, I agree. Uh on to the Eagles at the Cowboys. Ooh. Uh prime time. On man, Sunday. I was on I was on uh, radio in Central Texas earlier today and they were asking me about this game. They were drilling me and they put me to the test queue. Who's gonna win it? I said, Man, I want to say Dallas because they've won so many games at home. They've won like 14 in a row at home. They're playing really well. They just, uh, you know, beat Seattle. They put up a lot of points, but they got a lot of penalties. And Philadelphia just got the break speed off them by San Francisco. So I don't think Jalen Hurts is that guy that's going to take that L twice in a row. I got Philly on the road winning this one. Okay. That's good because I got Dallas. Uh, maybe not even by the three and a half points that they're favored. It. But uh, yeah, I don't, and I don't. They think, should win. Yeah, yeah, they should. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna get wrapped up in this Philly is, you know, and all this right. David Carr stuff. They're not gonna start Mariota. Oh, like, yeah. it's it's all good. It'd probably be competitive, but I, I just see Dallas a little bit stronger right now. They should win. They honestly, yeah. I, I should be wrong in this one. There's no doubt I should be wrong. We'll see if Dak is actually the MVP. Remember, I mean, he's in the MVP conversations. Okay, that's true. Show Shoot. me what you got. There you go. Show me what you got. So I got, I got Philly. And I'm okay with being proven wrong. Yeah. I think Dallas should win this game. And if Philly loses, it doesn't really change much. I think of the grand scheme of things. I think it does. It makes about. it makes them even. You know, they'll both be ten and three on the season, and then Philly's got to step their game up. I mean, they, the last thing they want to do is not have uh, not be the division winner. So you know, they're 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 still in a good position. But I think this is a big game for Philadelphia. But again, I'm still rolling with Philly because I'm rolling with Jalen Hurts. Indeed, I'm rolling with Dak. All right, uh, another prime time on Monday: Tennessee in Miami. No question for me, Miami. I don't think I take the 13 and a half points. No, I wouldn't either. But, but I do I take Miami. Miami. There's no doubt. All right, and Green Bay is in New York. Another fun weather game, according to Degenerate Danny. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna low be low scoring, low game. scoring. But I do have the Packers. Same here, and the Packers are favored six and a half points. 
on to our very own Raiders. You want <laughs> I paused to let you go. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to roll with this start. one. I'm going to roll with this one. I know Luke Braun has told us all things about Minnesota and their fantastic defense. Yep. I know our guy Matthew Collar, who's now been a guest on Raider Nation Radio 920 twice, two days in a row, once with us and once with the morning tailgate. Uh, but I digress. I got, uh, I got, I got all. I know all the evidence. I'm hearing it all from all these guys that are smarter than me. I'm still going with the Raiders. I got, <laughs> I got Antonio Pierce, man. I'm still rolling with the Raiders. Nobody believes the Raiders are going to win this game, but I'm rolling with them. Yeah, sportsbooks don't either because Minnesota's favorite three yeah, and a half. That's what I'm saying, but Ari does, and not because Q Myers said so. So I'm taking the Raiders as well. With my own independent thoughts. All right. Well, this is That's the week all. that I go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, sure. 12, 13, 14, 15 and 0, baby. That's what I'm going for this Whoa. week. I'm going for 15 and 0. You might be 16 and 0. If yeah, I'm with numbers. your math, you'll, you'll give me like six, 17 games and be like, all right, how is there 17 <laughs> games? I don't know, but I came up with it. So. Negative one losses. There it is. There it is. Well, that's the way to close out the show. That's the way to close out. Uh, our NFL picks, Unnecessary Roughness. Ari, fantastic job as always. Hopefully we do better than we did last week. Whether I was 7-6 or 8-5, whatever the case may be, it wasn't good enough. So that's going to do it for us. Enjoy Thursday Night Football the best way you can. Appreciate you as always. We'll be back here tomorrow on Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good one. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.